Today's scripture reading is from Ephesians, the third chapter, the first to the thirteenth verse. For this reason I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for the sake of you Gentiles. Surely you have heard about the administration of God's grace that was given to me for you, that is, the mystery made known to me by revelation, as I have already written briefly. In reading this, then you will be able to understand my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to people in other generations as it has now been revealed by the Spirit of God's holy apostles and prophets. This mystery is that through the gospel of the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, members together of one body, and sharers together in the promise in Christ Jesus. I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace given me through the working of his power. Although I am less than the least of all the Lord's people, this grace was given me to preach to the Gentiles the boundless riches of Christ and to make plain to everyone the administration of this mystery, which for ages past was kept hidden in God, who created all things. His intent was that now through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms according to his eternal purpose that he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. In him and through him in faith, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. I ask you, therefore, not to be discouraged because of my sufferings for you, which are your glory. This is the word of the Lord. We are uh, continuing our systematic study of the letter of Ephesians. The last time we explored the 19th to the 22nd verses of the second chapter, um, as we continue to march on, we read, Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people. You are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people, and also members of his household built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the cornerstone. See, the writer provides a conclusion. For those of you who have been marching with us through that second chapter, the writer provides conclusion and a summary as we shared uh, last week in the, in, the, in the prophetic words of Sister Sledge, uh, we are family. We are, we are family, and by introducing the metaphor of a building, the writer makes clear that the foundation uh, of the church is not built on something that I cooked up. You know, it, it's not just something that I thought, you know, well, this would be a good church. Well, and I think the principles ought to be, no, no, it, 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 it goes back all the way back to the prophets and the New Testament apostles and guess what? Uh, Jesus is described as the chief cornerstone, the, 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 the building block that holds everything together. Old Testament, New Testament, Jesus Christ is the linchpin holding everything together. So the consequence uh, of this is a solid basis for a, what we're calling a new temple. Uh, and as Paul writes, he says, we see it taking shape day after day. A holy temple built by God all of us built into it, a temple in which God is quite 
at home. See, instead of a temple where we would go to, and we describe the mercy seat, and it just, it's really awesome and awe-inspiring when we think about the mercy seat, the Ark of the Covenant. It was in the Holy of the Holies, and it was, it was at that point where God, through Moses, shared to the people, it's right above that mercy seat where the cherubim are facing each other. That's where I'm going to meet you. I'm going to meet you at the mercy seat. Now, Fast forward several millennia later. Essentially, God is saying, I'm going to meet you at that mercy seat, but that mercy seat resides in you. I'm, I am meeting you. See, you don't have to, and again, as I, as I, as I shared, you know, they, the, the priests that had to go in there, and if they didn't have their stuff together, and their, their lives were raggedy or whatever, like some of me, uh, that, that they had to tie a little rope around their ankles and bells, and so if they didn't hear the jangle of the bells after a certain period of time, they'd have to go, well, you know, oh, poor old Levi, he must have done something wrong. We've got to haul him out. Let's, let's, let's drag him out of the Holy Holy. Well, I'm not going in there after him. I know better. If he's a priest and he went down, I ain't going in there. Now, now, now the, again, to, to, to see that now, it's a God hasn't changed. He's still holy. He's still just. He's still righteous. Nothing's changed. But he resides in us. And the last time I checked, none of you look like you're dead. (laughs) You're still breathing. You're still alive. So so obviously something is new. Something has, 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 has changed. So today we're looking at the first 13 verses. God, the Spirit of God living in us. The first 13 verses of the third chapter is where we want to uh, start our read. And we look at the first verse. For this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ, for, your, for the sake of you Gentiles. Huh? For this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for the sake of you Gentiles. Um, it's like even if you account for the differences in language, time, setting, uh, this, is a, this is an odd sentence. So you English majors, you know, this, this is like, okay, you got a subject and you don't have a predicate. And it's just like, okay, this, this, there's something going on. What, so what's going on? Well, I won't bore you with all the grisly details, but there's a, just trust me, there's a lot of debate about what is going on. Uh, but but what the, the, consensus, there's, there, the consensus is that the, the second to the 13th verses form a parenthetical insertion between the 1st and the 14th and 15th and continues on verses. What are you saying? Well, I'm, 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 I'm glad you asked. Uh, see, if you look at the, the first verse and the 14th and 15th verse, you'll see, for this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for the sake of you Gentiles, well, you said, for, for this reason, well, let's ignore that, I kneel before the Father, for whom every family in heaven and earth derives its name. See, what Paul is doing, he's, he's, he's supplying... The, the reality, as I said, the reality, the reason, and the response for his situation. The reality, the reason, and the response for the situation he finds himself in. Okay, so the reality. Well, I'm in prison. Where? Probably Rome. I'm on, on my way to martyrdom. See, I, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm on my way to death. That, that's probably what's going on here. Um, What's the reason? It's because of his continued outreach to the Gentiles, the non-Jews, 
those that were on the outside looking in. Okay, the reality is I'm in prison on my way to being killed. Uh, the reason is because I preached the gospel to people that uh, I shouldn't have been preaching the gospel uh, to, according to the, the religious leaders of the time. And so what's his response? I bow before God in submission and thanksgiving. Okay, all right, obviously he's different than I am. He's much different than I am. Okay, this is the reality, the reason, and the response, and his response is to bow in submission and thanksgiving. Okay, this is just a tee-up for next week. We will deal with this, so it's going to make you want to come back next week, right? Okay, so that we'll, we will deal with this, with these verses next time when we look at the second half of the chapter, but for now, we need to look and better understand kind of the spiritual posture that Paul is having and that's in the second to the 13th verses. So all of this is, well, you have a first verse that doesn't seem to make a whole lot of sense, but you need to look at it as it, uh, there's a parenthetical insertion that goes right in halfway through the sentence, the second through the 13th verses, and then he continues his thought in the 14th and, 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 and the verses that follow. So let's look now at the second verse. Surely you have heard about the administration of God's grace. That was given to me for you. That is, that is the mystery made known to me by revelation, as I have already written briefly. Surely you have heard about the administration of God's grace that was given to me for you. That is, the mystery made known to me by revelation, as I have already written briefly. Okay, as I say with words, the repetitive use of words, that ought to be a highlight to you. It's like, so what do you have in these 12 verses? You have Paul using mystery, the word translated mystery, four times. In 12 verses, you have the word mystery used four times, and the word grace used three times. Anytime you study the word, look at, just, just read it, just do a hard read. Just do a hard read. Then look, okay, all right, now, what jumps out at me? Uh, for me, as I was doing my study, Mystery and grace. Okay, so I wrote that down. I literally wrote it down on a piece of paper. Then I counted the number of times it showed up. So the frequency of use, and I'm not talking about and and the and it. I'm talking about words that, 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 that have impact. Mystery. Grace. He's using, he's, I mean, there's a lot of words in the English language or in the, Rome, or in the Greek language. There, there's a lot of words that he could have used. But he chose to use those words repeatedly. There's a reason for that. Mystery, information and purpose known only by God. Information and purpose known only by God. Part of my problem, you guys are better than I am. You know you are. Uh, part of my problem is I, I want to know everything. I want to know everything. Okay, if I'm going from here to San Francisco... I want to know what time we're leaving. I want to know what car. Do I get shotgun or am I driving? What's, I want to know everything. I, I want to know. I, I want to know. I don't want any details left out. And now he's using this word mysterion, mystery. There's, there's this mystery, this, 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 this unknownness in this relationship. And grace, blessings and favor that, uh, that are received irrespective of our deservedness it's, it's blessings and, and favor that we receive that, that it may not, we may not, not may not, we don't deserve it. And the, the, the great thing is, 
it doesn't even, the person who's dispensing the grace, whether or not it benefits that person, is of no consequence. So I'm extending grace. See, that's why we don't know much about grace. The grace we extend, we always extend. If I give you something, I expect at least to thank you. That's, that's, that, see, but, but grace is, if I give you something and you don't say anything, uh, that's grace. You, that's grace. I did not, a, not a thank you, not a, a boy, I really appreciate that. Grace is, you get it, and that, that's it. You just get it. Did you deserve it? No, you didn't deserve it. Did you say thank you? No. That's grace. Oh, that's, that's, that's rude. That's a, I'm telling you, that's what grace is. See, when we, and again, this is, this is off, off, off note, but when we really understand that when I was yet a sinner, when I, when God was the first, you give me three letters and I'd mix them up. I'd call it dog or odigi or something like that. And, and God was the furthest thing from my mind. He extends grace to me. How did he do that? He died for me. He, he, he died for me. And, 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 and what, what did I do to earn it? Nothing. How can, I, how, can I, how can I pay him back? How can you pay back everlasting life? What can you, I mean, seriously, come on, let's just talk. What can you do? Stand on the corner in the rain and, and, and pass out tracks? Seriously? Seriously? Uh, seriously? That, that, that's an even exchange? All preach? Sing in the choir? No, no, these are outflows of our gratitude, but there is no way I could pay. I, so I won't, even, I won't even go down that path. So, mystery and grace. Together, what is he attempting, seriously, what is he, what is he attempting to say? The, this mystery is that through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, members together of one body, and sharers together in the promise in Christ Jesus. The mystery is how God brought us together, two groups that couldn't be more different in terms of purpose and promise. He brought together two groups that, that couldn't be more dysfunctional together. You talk about oil and water not mixing. Oh, you think your, 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 your cubicle mate is bad. You ain't got nothing on it. You think, you think your, your neighbor is bad. No, no, you got, no, no, this is, this is dysfunction personified. And he brought together these dis, disparate pieces and made them one. One big sister sledge, happy family. So let's recall the discourse on the foundation. See, attempts at unity fail. Why? Because your foundation is not proper. We attempt to construct buildings and edifices on, on, on whatever, you know, my, my, my goodwill, my, my, my hard work, my, my, my desire to uh, uh, just do stuff. And he said, no, no, this is how you build a building. This, this is how you build a building. You start with the, the prophetic words of the Old Testament. You join that with the preaching of the New Testament apostles. And you make sure that your chief cornerstone is Jesus Christ. Now, if you, if you lay that foundation, if you build on that foundation, then your structure will, will sustain all that life will throw at you. And trust me, just keep living. Uh, if you haven't experienced the tornado or, or, or Category 5 hurricane, it's coming. Right, right, right. 
you will. Just keep living. Just, oh, no, I think, you know, if I, if I, if I just do good works and good karma come back to me, and I, just, just keep living. Just, 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 just ask somebody. Just ask somebody. You can be alone by yourself, not minding your own business, and then all of a sudden up pops something. Health, relationships, anything will find you. So it's the proper foundation. So we've already seen Paul is presenting uh, the setting for what he's experiencing. So that's why he writes, Although I am less than the least of all the Lord's people, this grace was given me to preach to the Gentiles the boundless riches of Christ and to make plain to everyone the administration of this mystery, which for ages past was kept hidden in God, who created all things, the grace, the undeserved favor and privilege to share the wonderfully mysterious and unifying gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, and because I know who I am and whose I am and what's my purpose, I not only don't shrink away from my role or my responsibility uh, and the things that come at me, I want you to join me in seeing the situation the same way. How, how do I know that? Because in the 13th verse he asks, he says, I ask you therefore not to be discouraged by, by, because of my sufferings for you, which are your glory. That's why I know Paul is so different than I am. I just, you know, I aspire to that. Uh, I ask you, therefore, not to be discouraged because of my suffering. When we go through something, everybody knows mama ain't happy. <laughs> and, uh, and daddy's too. If, if you're going through, say, hey, I'm telling you, men are wimps. I am, I am, and, oh, I know, I'm just talking about me. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> get a cold. Get a little sniffle, oh, no, no. and it's like you're down, everybody's down. You ain't right, you, you mad at somebody uh, for something going on in your life, in the choir, in the whatever, in the neighborhood, the whole neighborhood knows you're un unhappy. Again, the person in front of me, 11 items, 10 item line, and I'm going to sit there and just like, <laughs> that's, we, we want you, we are conditioned to let people know we're not happy. And so when, what Paul is saying, and I am facing this situation now, and he's saying, don't be discouraged. You've got 11 items here. Why don't you take another item? It's just 12. You know, just get ahead of me. I'm in no hurry. Get you know, no problem at all. He says, I want you to join me. Uh, be, I, therefore, do not be discouraged because of my search for you, for they are your glory. I'm experiencing what I'm experiencing for your benefit. And I like how the message version reads, so don't let my present trouble on your behalf get you down. Be proud. Don't let my present trouble on your behalf. See, see, a lot of us can't say that because we're not experiencing trouble on anyone else's behalf. Because, again, nobody knows the trouble I've seen. And so we're wallowed and swallowed and so consumed with our issues that it's like, you know what, I don't care about your issues because I got a boatload of my own. We're so inward focused. We're so looking inwardly that we, we can't, we just, you've got issues? I wouldn't know. I'm, I'm really, you know. And uh, Paul is on his way to die. This is not an inconvenience. This is death. This is suffering that he's in. And he's like, hey, chill out. That's 
early Greek. Uh, he's, he's, chill out. Just, just relax. This is for your glory. And I can just imagine that folks loving Paul and, and, and concerned and weeping and crying. and Oh, man, we're worried for you. We want you delivered. And I'm sure he wanted to be delivered. It's like nobody's like running. It's like, give me death, you know. It's like, no. It's like, but I, 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 I know. See, we're able to do this when we know our purpose, our position, uh, who we are. See, but if we think that we're just, we're just, you know, just, just inconsequential random blobs that just happen to just happen, and this just happened, and then this happened, then anything goes. Anything, anything goes. And it is just the, the random lot of life. I'm closing. See, if Paul had not preached to the Gentiles, his life would have been much different. If Paul hadn't preached to the Gentiles, his life would be much different. But had he not preached, the lives of the Gentiles would have been different. See, it was because of his response to the call of God that he experienced what he did. As I was sharing with someone uh, uh, on uh, yesterday, I believe it was. Uh, yes, as a matter of fact, it was yesterday. Uh, well, you know, well, Pastor, I'm not going to be able to be at worship because I'm looking at this, this, this house, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, you know, I'm hoping that this is it. I'm not sure. I was like, you know, when you're in the middle of stuff, as I've shared before, I share again. When you're in the middle of the stuff, you don't know, you know, it's kind of like Hansel and Gretel. You're, you're in the forest, and you're just totally lost. And then you leave a breadcrumb trail, and then birds that there peck it up, and then you got nothing. Then you just, you're really toast, and then the wicked witch is there, and just trying to shove you into the oven, you know? That's, that's, that's life. Isn't that life? That's, that, that's life. See, but once you're outside of the force, or wherever you're at, it's always easier to look back and say, oh, okay, this had to happen in order for this to happen. And that had to happen because this had to happen. And that had to happen in order for this to happen. And now I see. Oh, well, yeah, now you can see. But that's not called faith. That's called 2020 hindsight or foresight, depending on which position you are. But when you're in the middle of it, what are you exercising? Are you going to be like me? Am I riding shotgun? Am I driving? What time are we leaving? When are we coming back? Give me details. Give me details. Give me details. I want full knowledge. It's a funny thing. God doesn't operate that way. Because somewhere it was written, his thoughts aren't your thoughts. His ways aren't your ways. So, so it, 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 would, it would behoove, it would be to our benefit to get to know him and to align with him. Uh, but with anything, you know, it's like, okay, so what you're saying, Pastor, is that uh, the things that I'm experiencing, it's because of God's... Uh, uh, a providential plan. It's, it, you know, uh, there's, always a, there's always a caution. A lot of the hell, shall we say, that we experience in our life, it's not because of God's intentional plan, it's because you created the hell. Well, God wanted me to extend faith, and uh, uh, that's why I didn't uh, pay, uh, uh, pay my smud bill. Um, no. No, no. You should have paid your utility bill, and you shouldn't have spent the money on what you spent it on. Right, right. That's not an exercise of faith. That's a, that's a, d a display of stupidity. Right. <laughs> so we can't just automatically assume that, oh, well, that's what God wanted. No, no, no. So there, there's a caution there. So how do we know our, how do, how do we discern the difference? Well, I'm glad you asked again. What's your goal? 
What's our goal? To extract the most juice out of the orange that we call life, to squeeze out the last drop, to extract the last drop, or as Paul described his condition, to live a life according to God's plan, which is to the benefit of others. So as you squeeze that orange, that's your life, and you're trying to get every drop out of it, who's going to get the first drink? You? Who do you expect? It's my orange. (laughs) And I supposed to get the first? No, actually no. Because if your brother needs a jacket, you give him yours and your outer jacket too. If you see your brother in need and you don't do anything for his or her condition, how dwells the love of God in you? When we understand the gospel, it flips our behavior on its head, and it tells us it's like, it's not me first, it's we first. It's it's, it's all about, I am my brother's keeper. I am responsible for the person next to me. I do have to display Christ when I get cut off on the freeway. I do have to be here when I get cheated out of the job, the promotion that, I, that was rightly mine, and I don't get it. What do I do? File a grievance. That's what you're supposed to do, right? File a grievance. You know your rights. Because if you do that, then you've you got, you got to teach people how you want to be treated. That's what we do. And so it's like, I, I, I bow before you. I don't understand this. This is not fair. But God, you know. You know. Your, your, your resume looks a whole lot better than mine. And you have the capacity to right every wrong. You, it's, it's, it's all about you. See, our heart, our heart, Mark's heart determines Mark's priorities. And it's our priorities that set the pattern of our behavior. My heart determines our priorities, and it's our priorities that set the pattern of behavior. See, that's why there's this, seems like an endless, a seemingly endless uh, display of internal conflict. I love God, and I want to do His will, uh, but the things that I want don't seem to align with what I say. I love God. I want to do His will. And then I behave in a way that doesn't indicate that I love God or that I want to do his will. So, so give me some, okay, you're giving me all the, the diseases. Give me some solutions. Psalm 37 and 4. Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Take delight in the Lord. Psalm 37, 4. Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. So you need to reflect. So what is my delight? It, I, you know, you fill in the blank. My delight is. My desire is. My, my delight. What is your delight? See, the more I pursue love, desire God, the more my delights align with his. And if you love I just ask, if you love someone, don't you want to please that person? Seriously, how many people can you say you love and then don't try and please that person? Then I will show you that's dysfunctional attraction. That that won't be, it defies the the definition of love. If you love someone, you want to 
please that person. You do. Paul was so focused, so grateful, so in love with God that he saw his condition as a reason not to be sad, but to rejoice. Don't be sad. Be glad. Let's rejoice. So whatever you're going through, whatever you're going through, whatever you're going through, if you're in him, and if you're obedient to his will, not just, just cutting up on your own, uh, you need to condition yourself. Look at your situation. It's like, God, I know you, you've, you've got me in this situation for a reason. I don't understand. It's called faith. It's not 2020. I don't understand why you have me here. But I know there's a reason why you have me here. And I'm going to just rest in the comfort and the knowledge that you're going to take me through. Rejoice. Don't be sad. Let's pray. Our Father, our God, Father, you are indeed the reason for us to rejoice, to shout hallelujah. Uh, even in those distressful uh, areas, when, when physically, when emotionally, when uh, they don't seem reasons or opportunities to rejoice, you give us those situations to rejoice even in our infirmity. Father, we love you and thank you. You're awesome all by yourself. Be pleased, Father, we now ask. We glorify you, we adore you, we love you. It is in the name of the Christ we ask it all. Let every heart say, amen. amen.